0: Welcome to another episode of for the love of sports my name is michael raziel this is the show where we get to talk about sports we get to talk about business we get to talk about everything in between wherever you are wherever you are listening you know what to do subscribe like retweet whatever the hell you need to do we would appreciate it we've been doing this thing for way too long today my incredible guest i have chris O'Dowd. he's a former professional baseball player current founder and ceo of
1: win reality chris how you doing today man michael couldn't it be better uh, a lot of things to be grateful for. And it's been a been a fun year to watch baseball. So uh, here we are with the season wrapped up. And you um, still want to talk baseball.
0: I know, right? Isn't it the best? I love baseball so much. Now, I'm a Mets fan. A struggling, depressed Mets fan. Um, so seeing the Nationals and then the Braves win in the span of like three years, wasn't like the best for my psyche? And now no one wants to sign as the Mets GM. I don't know what your dad... It's up to, I'll, I'll take him in a heartbeat, but we don't need to get into that part of the conversation just quite yet. Chris, sincerely appreciate you being on. Very excited to talk about you and what you've done and some of the things you're building. But more importantly, the first question I have for everybody on the, for the love of sports podcast
1: is, why do you love sports so much? Ooh, uh, so Michael, if you look back especially at uh, how I grew up with a dad in baseball, uh, my dad, Dan was the general manager of the Rockies for uh, 15 years, an executive with the Indian string. I mean, they had every good player you can think of. Manny Ramirez, Jim Tomey, Sandy Alomar, Junior, Robbie Alomar. I mean, Kenny Loft. I could go on and on. So uh, naturally, like, why do I love sports? Uh, It it was the bond. Uh, It was an opportunity for me to have a moment of commonality with my dad, and really amongst our family, uh, from the minute I was born, that's carried through. It's you know something that uh, will fire up the group text when we feel far apart, and when we're together it it fills in the holes and, uh, it keeps us connected. And, and so that's also extended out to friendships, uh, and in turn allowed us to create a business around it. So I love sports because it just keeps family at the top of the hierarchy of what's important in life. And, uh, it is, you know, for me, a, uh, every minute of my life somehow tied back to sport and I hope it still does. Yes,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I love this industry so much. It's, it's what I've always loved. It's everything I want to do. I don't watch TV shows. I watch football. <laughs> like I don't, I don't, I don't know what people are watching on Netflix. I, I'm watching the baseball playoffs right now. So uh, I have a second TV in my living room, specifically for that reason. As most people should at this point, I feel like 2021 you should probably have that second TV rolling. I'm not here to judge you if you don't, but I'm kind of curious. As, as you said, your dad, Rocky, um, GM of the Rockies. Pretty incredible job title, as you said. He was there for over a decade, right? 15 years. That's incredible. You don't really see that in really any sport too much anymore, uh, that type of length out of that high up of an executive. Was there ever an option not to get into baseball, to not love baseball? Like, Was it kind of from birth, like out of the shoot? It was like, hey, <laughs> this is what you're doing, kid. I hope you love it.
1: You would... Uh... You would think that at some point I would ask that question, like, you know, I wonder what I want to do with my life. It was never a question, not even a thought. I, I think the one thing that uh, would hit me at certain moments is like, will I be a good enough player to continue uh, to play at a high level or should I be thinking about doing what my dad does? And so it was it was always uh, this, like, uh, never wanted to have a plan B because I thought that being a player was always going to be a possibility. And as much as I loved like listening and being a fly on the wall and understanding the dynamics of my dad's role in running an org as an organization, it was like my own dream to create like a different avenue for how I could make baseball call it like a career, you know, something a, a way to earn a paycheck. Uh, and you know, foolishly, like you would think, like wow, like you didn't, you know, consider having uh, a a career outside of baseball, outside of sports. In hindsight, I'm like, you're right, like that's really odd. Never crossed my mind, not once. So no way, man. Uh,
0: What's, it's the thing you love. Why would you want to do like you could be doing consumer packaged goods, right? Like I do marketing, but I do marketing for a sports book, like. I could do marketing for some shit company I don't care anything about. <laughs> I'd much rather do it about something that I love and I'm passionate about and I'm talking about every day anyway, right?
1: It's funny. And maybe that's one of like the beautiful things about baseball. It doesn't force you to think outside the walls of the games. I mean, there's job opportunities that are high impact. Uh, at all levels so you could be you could be running a travel ball organization or uh, a part of a college baseball program and and so there's not many sports that like provide those opportunities the volume of players is much greater you look at like a basketball while it's a well-known big part of you know our uh, like how we think about sport there's not that many job opportunities there and so yeah i love I love to see the growth of baseball um, minor league baseball is a fantastic thing it in there's incredible stories that come out of you know the 23rd round draft pick that is now an all-star so um it gives hope gives hope to a lot of players to continue to uh expect and and dream about playing professionally or continuing their career being college right and
0: again being a Mets fan Mike Piazza I don't remember the round but he's the latest uh the latest 47 I, I was gonna say 41 but I could be wrong he's that. the latest pick ever to be then inducted to the Hall of Fame, and it's like, again, like, that's wild when you think about it, like, forty seventh, 42nd round, like, there's thousands, not thousands, hundreds of people selected ahead of him, and he ended up going to the Hall of Fame, which is pretty darn cool, and again, it's it's very important to understand and and get into, so, you eventually, uh, you go to Dartmouth, you're there for three seasons, if I'm not mistaken, you are a catcher, your slash line was incredible, love looking at stats, so I appreciate you giving me an excuse to do that today, Chris, but... You eventually get drafted. Well, actually, let's let's go to Dartmouth. You're very, clearly very good at baseball. Did you, again, as you said, you always had this idea. You're always going to be a player. You're always going to be a player. I don't think you'd go to Dartmouth and be like, well, this is definitely the only thing I'm going to do is play baseball. Who cares about education? Let's go to the Ivy League. Like, that's not quite how it works, right? <laughs> like, there's subconsciously, come on, you got to be honest with me here, man, right? There was something there.
1: Oh, I, I wouldn't say uh, that the something was like doubt that I couldn't play professionally but moreover i'm competitive and uh as a competitor there's like not one aspect of my life that i don't want to be excellent at uh and so in turn like if it's been drilled home since i was a kid that like academics are important like if you're getting good grades you're creating the discipline that needs that you know translates into you even like propelling your athletic career more. And so in turn, like that competitive nature lends me to like, where the best at where, where are the most like quote unquote intelligent people, uh, how do I be around that? How do I be exposed to that? And so, uh, you know, I think it's just part of like the internal, like drive intrinsic motivation to like find ways to learn and be great and continue to improve myself that like, uh, helped me gravitate to that environment. And, um, I would say is like just uh, the minute I stepped on on campus at Dartmouth, I actually got on like an accelerated course load. So I could graduate in three years and go play baseball. So it wasn't like even though I was there, I was like, no, I'm still I'm leaving as quick as I can.
0: I love it. I love it. And then after three years there, you were actually drafted by the San Diego Padres. So was that I'm assuming that was around the time your dad was the GM of the Rockies, right?
1: Yes, division rivals so to some say, degree. Yeah, yep. well, yeah.
0: I mean, okay, uh, not not to you know, it's the Rockies and the Padres. It is what it is, but it's still division rivals. That's still kind of cool. I well, it's, I, it's I say
1: something. that because 2007 playing game, Rockies versus Padres, mm-hmm. Matt Holiday sliding into home plate. Like yep. when you think of the uh, biggest moment in the Colorado Rockies franchise history, it like gets back to like uh you know playing the Padres so in some ways go. yeah
0: and you were you were you were a part of it in spirit in some way shape or form right let's just yeah. let, let, let we'll leave that one this is my show we're gonna leave it there so I hope that's cool so you drafted by the Padres you make it all the way to AAA you spent a few years in the minor leagues I think one thing people just in general right it's oh you only made it to the minor leagues dude you were a AAA baseball player you're literally one of the best I don't know hundred hundred and hundreds maybe 250 best players on planet earth at this sport like that is absolutely wild when you kind of break it down like that right so i'm kind of curious how close were you was it was it on the table were those discussions there were you kind of understanding like hey maybe not like how close did you get to playing uh, in the show
1: uh you look at one a AAA roster is made up of. You could have a twenty-one-year-old prospect who's about to be like an uber superstar, like a uh, Tatis, a Cunha. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then you have the uh, call it like thirty-six-year-old, eight years of service time in the big leagues um, player who is like the the next call-up, and uh, that. Like, coexist within this space. Like, there are so many different players at different stages in their career, in their development, in their, uh, like, personal lives. You know, you look at the life of a minor leaguer at one point, uh, I played in like, Fourteen different leagues, fourteen different cities in seven years, and if I were bringing a family with me everywhere, like that is an incredible dynamic that changes what it's like to be a minor leaguer. Uh, that wasn't the case for me, but nonetheless, you have to adapt to new teammates, new uh, new situations quickly and perform. So many challenges in which, like going back to like you get to the point where you know, you realize that like, yes, there's the Uber prospect, but for the most part, everyone else is in between. Mm -hmm. And there can be a moment, there's a moment where I had a suit like with me ready to, you know, it had gotten an indication that there could be a call up. Didn't happen, but I had the suit ready. And then on the flip side, there's moments where I was, it never felt like I was going to get a hit again. And uh, those like um, emotional uh, highs and lows are, like a way in which it really separates the good from the great and puts you in a position where if you're consistent day over day, you're probably the person in a position that's going to have the best chance, not only just to get called up, but then uh, stay up in the big leagues. And you, you see that uh, like very clearly, once you get up to double entry. triple and for those out there who don't know a ton about professional baseball, there's like seven levels to the minor leagues and most players don't make it out of the first three. Uh, and once you're in double A AA and triple A, you could effectively make a career and, and have a honest paid or wage and paycheck uh, at those levels. But uh, nonetheless, cracking the code to get to the big leagues takes an incredible amount of patience, luck, consistency, dedication over time. And it's why the players that are in the big leagues. I mean, they are just like beyond the talent, have done something that's so special uh, and something you have to appreciate. And when you watch the game, you have to like understand the the nuances and what they had to do to get to that level. It probably wasn't handed to them. There's very few people that fall into that bucket.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think we always kind of say, oh, he's so lucky. Well, as you said, there's seven leagues. Most people don't know that. I honestly was going to guess five. I didn't realize it was going to be seven. I mean, I guess you got A. Hi, A rookie, right? There's some like weird ones people don't pay attention to too much, but you made it all the way to AAA, which is just absolutely incredible. You almost get that chance, as you said, that suit was packed. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for you, but hey, man, you still, as you said, you're able to make a living, you were able to make a life out of it, you met some cool people along the way. 14 cities in 7 years, did you say? It's pretty wild, so good for you, but... I think it's still amazing that you made it that high again you're, you're literally one of the best baseball players on planet earth the one percent of the one percent at the time considering how many people play this sport right that's still kudos and congratulations man it's awesome
1: oh thanks michael it was uh a lot of people had a hand and even kind of pushing me to like want to stick around and and wait for that day where there's a call up in which like who knows i could be playing right now but Uh, for the most part, you know, I think you get to that point in life where you want to be great at something, you want to be the best. And when you don't see that that's going to happen, uh, you know, and, and even though you've invested, like I invested everything I could into being the best I could. Uh, and that came with significant sacrifice, not just by me, but by, with my family. I mean, my mom's an angel for sitting through and watching like, (laughs) thousands of baseball games over almost a decade and a half. Um, And, you know, ultimately, though, the life lessons that were like condensed into that seven year span, the amount of like change, adaptation, having to like push yourself uh, is completely irreplaceable. Uh, I don't think there's many other industries that expose you as fast as you are in baseball. Put you in a position where you fail as much, but still have to show up the next day, or even in the middle of a game, you could be the worst player on the field for eight innings and have a chance to win the game for your team. In the ninth, it's just like I, I tell you what—you're either hard boiled by the end of it, or uh, have a lot of grit and ability to persist. Persist that applies, you know, after uh, oh, after the. I'm gonna assume
0: you're the the latter on that. Uh, You have you have some of that grit. You have some of that heart. uh, That that uh, that uh, we'll use the word grit. I like that one. That has given gotten you to the spot. So I'm always curious when talking to professional athletes. There's always kind of two paths. And here's the thing, right? You're a professional athlete. You really only get to do this thing for a couple years. Me in marketing, hopefully I can market at 80 years old, right? Like I might have to like change a couple things up, but I can still do my job. And as a professional athlete, you know that it's a it is a clock, right? I looked today and I noticed Odell Beckham Jr. is 29 years old. I was like, wow, I can't believe he's that old. That's not old. That's not old on planet Earth at all. But unfortunately, you know, three, four, five years if he's lucky, and that's kind of it for him. And it's it's unfortunate to see that happen with most athletes. Now, were you in the boat of you realized it was? Hey, you know what? I've I've done this. I'm satisfied with the effort and the energy that I've put into it. I'm going to walk away on my terms or was it the other unfortunate side of it where I was like, Hey man, we don't think you can do this anymore. We're sorry, but you can't come back. Cause I found those are really the two buckets most athletes get put in. Unfortunately.
1: Uh, no doubt. Um, I was kind of fortunate on the side that there was a, a number of like God winks before I got to the point where it was a tough decision. One of them being uh, my dad had the idea of what is now win reality for a number of years before we even uh, began to like storyboard out what this product could be and the problems it would solve. Uh, But nonetheless, the possibility of creating a virtual reality sports training application started to become real around the time in which uh, a, I was not to say I was hitting like a plateau, uh, but where I had learned enough of the lifestyle around being a player that I could entertain the idea of having these conversations with my dad and potentially pursuing uh, a, I want to call it a side gig, but a proof of concept through like third party developers and kind of hold their hand through it uh, without it pulling me off course from trying to be a professional baseball player and pursue that dream. And so as that started to get off the ground and my dad also having a huge hand in making that happen, uh, it provided me like in a transition outlet to where uh, once we saw that it was possible to have a pitcher in a virtual reality environment that you could see ball flight, like all these just like very simple fundamental things about like what a baseball training application needs to do it was coming together right around the same time I played my last season with the torn UCL on my elbow, uh, Tommy John for listeners that, uh, used to be like a, Oh, this is terrible. And now every pitcher comes back throwing harder and, uh, actually taking a step forward. Uh, but nonetheless, like I, uh, played through that injury without surgery and uh, it was a really, really tough year for me. Um, just not knowing if I could pick up a baseball and throw every single day and not telling teammates or coaches or anyone uh, just kind of keeping that to myself was a, was a challenge and uh, our virtual reality training application uh, coming to life a little bit really started to uh, reignite like my energy towards how do I use this like love for sport in a way that can uh, have a, a higher impact than what I would be doing as a player right now. And so I was really just blessed in that there was a lot of peace behind the decision. Uh, you see players, you know, let's say uh, bouncing around from a you know team to team, and then getting their chance in the big leagues and performing and doing well, and having like an eight eight to ten year career thereafter. That could easily happen, but certainly, uh, like my calling and where I felt like we could really deliver and have a mission that delivered on a bigger promise than me putting on a major league uniform and doing that for the next decade uh was something that i i couldn't say no to so
0: i love that yeah and it's it's you know again it's unfortunate right of course you want to you want to play baseball and you want to make the show and things happen but as you said the uh i don't believe in luck i don't believe in coincidences but everything kind of lined up at once right all these things start to happen it's like hey you were injured and you didn't have the best year ever and oh you guys have this ability to now show this proof of concept of this really interesting project that you've been thinking about for a while now and if you were injured at ucl you're gonna be out for a minute right so why don't we take that time to then put energy into that as you said it reignited your calling and uh it would be cool to make the show right but that's one to one that's that's you you get that now if you make this opportunity you start this project which we're going to talk about in a second here now it's one to a thousand now it's one to ten thousand now it's one to a hundred thousand where you your dad obviously your team you guys have the ability to help so many more people especially with the advancements of technology so yeah man let's let's talk about it when reality started around the 2017 year if i'm not mistaken it's a virtual reality training program software i don't know exactly the words you guys like to use so i'll let you do that but tell me what's what's what is the mission what is the vision what is what was that storyboard that you guys were rocking with when you decided hey i think i think this might be the time the technology's finally caught up with us usually it's the other way around right
1: That's right. Uh, Very fortunate there hadn't been a more or less like sea change in tech enablement that had hit sport on a consumer level uh, really up until our product, which was less than a year ago that we brought it to the amateur baseball market. But more or less, the problems that we're trying to solve is that when you look at baseball, the by far the most fun part about it uh, and also the most challenging part. skill that in order to improve is hitting. Uh, when you step in the batter's box, you know, a a pitcher's in control. They, uh, they have an arsenal. There's tons of different variations of pitchers and, uh, yet they cannot go out every day and, and throw to you to practice. Uh, your dad may be able to you know, a lot of batting practice balls in and they're straight. He's not breaking off curve balls. Uh, and then uh, a T work machine work, it's just not the same as facing a pitcher. And so while everyone in baseball, like you want to grab a bat and you, you want to hit when you barrel a baseball, nothing feels better. It's, uh, <clears throat> by far, you know, what motivates players to want to play for a really long time. And yet there's this big gap in how you can improve. And so in a virtual reality training environment, uh, We believe that you could see unlimited reps at game speed against any pitcher in the world, anyone you can imagine. uh, And then, in turn uh, we could provide insights like what should technology do we can measure things we can tell you uh, specifically how we can make you better faster uh, and do it from in virtual reality the convenience of your living room so you know, think about like you drive through a field at range you can't play practice you can't play uh, you drive to a hitting facility you rent the place for half an hour you're limited on time there's all these barriers right now where in a given month you could spend over five hundred dollars uh, on training and yet only actually get like two hours worth of quality reps, uh, where that can happen in VR in you know one day. So a, a lot of opportunities for this technology to transform how you think about becoming a great hitter. Uh, and on our side, that has been the mission from day one because it applies to everyone who loves baseball. You could be a ten-year-old uh, and just getting into you know playing little league, and then also you know we work with. Uh, MVP candidates who are looking for those like small nuances and how they make an incremental improvement to take their game to the next level.
0: That is awesome, man. I don't know if you noticed, but when you said you could pitch, you could play against any pitcher in the world, my mouth dropped because I just thought about looking at Clayton Kershaw's curveball just kind of drop right in the bucket and me just swinging in my living room, completely (laughs) flailing. I think that would be fun, but I think that is it is it is so cool and the opportunity, as you said, right? Like I actually funny story my mom used to work at a batting cage like I know exactly what you're talking about with that stuff uh Grand Slam in Flemington it doesn't exist anymore the place was the best right and it's just one of those things where we would go there all the time and I would get unlimited tokens, but people would come in and write like, sometimes a pitching machine really sucked that day. There's like, just nothing about <laughs> it. Like it just, it just wasn't firing off strikes and you get 10 balls. That's it. Okay. Well, now you got to get another token or, you know, so you, you make some really great points that with now technology and the opportunities that have gotten to where they have, I mean, I got the first, I think it was a Samsung. Gams, yeah, here we go. Samsung Galaxy S6. And mm-hmm. it had, like, the thing that you could throw over, like, the phone, and you just put it on your face. And I got it one year for Christmas. It was, like, a 100 bucks. It was, it was very confi- It was the easiest thing in the world to use. The games weren't that good for it yet. It was really kind of just the cool looking around aspect of it, which was fun. How, like, did this idea come about before the invent of virtual reality? Like, where, like... This sounds great, but if the technology is not there, you can't use it. So when did this start to really get in motion? And as you said, you and your dad had this idea for a while now. Where did this idea spark and how did it kind of come about?
1: Yeah, so my dad actually went down and met with NASA in 1995. Holy shit.
0: That's (laughs) cool really cool yeah. way to
1: open up that story chris all right oh man <laughs> and uh they were doing really advanced things on simulation training and they had a dome system uh and so my dad was like hey can we get a pitcher over there and can i stand here at home plate and they're like yeah we just need 20 million dollars. we need like an <laughs> yeah. obscene amount of money to make it happen uh and then it's only one uh <clears throat> fast forward the very first product we rolled out, we actually built VR room. So we had this projector-based system <clears throat> that would blend projection all the way around you. You would wear these 3D blinkings; they call it like stereoscopic glasses, uh, and in turn, like that created the depth. Um, <clears throat> and frankly, like each system would cost us like seventy-five thousand dollars just like for the equipment not the install not the architecture like so it's like okay now, now who in the world can actually buy that well i could even narrow down the number of major league teams that could i buy was gonna that. say which,
0: yeah like which teams would be interested in that
1: but we started to build the software architecture and understand how players would want to use it what's important where the hurdles are going to be and then fast forward uh, about a year ago to date uh Facebook now Meta uh, released the Ocul- Oculus Quest 2 and that was the first time in which consumer VR had like all the attributes of enterprise professional VR meaning it had great tracking it was smooth the the resolution and graphics didn't have a screen door effect meaning it looked like crystal clear and that just unlocked everything in the market and even consumers perception of VR and so like sitting here today it's it's really this concept wasn't like possible on a large scale until uh, the hardware caught up, but we have been ready. Uh, And, you know, now we're really taking a big step forward and not just having a product that serves the the best in the world, the professionals, but also now we have like a, a pitcher at 45 feet for anyone, uh, that is potentially young younger and a beginner baseball player and is not looking for a Clayton Kershaw breaking ball. So oh,
0: man, what, nice. what player doesn't want to go against that Clayton Kershaw how about how about Jake DeGrom 101
1: on the black? that would be 94 fun, mile an hour sliders from DeGrom. Like I <laughs> don't even I it's freezing <laughs> me. You sure you don't want to play in the show, Chris? You sure you don't want to get there? <laughs> I'm getting my fix in our office. Don't don't, don't you worry.
0: <laughs> oh dude that sounds absolutely fantastic. So I guess uh, as you said, you had to wait for the hardware to catch up. That doesn't mean you weren't tweaking with the software on the background, right? Like, obviously, things were motion. how, how does its proprietary software, you guys created this, like, how, how do you even go like, who, who's the first phone call? Like, who, who are you calling? Like, hey, man, so I want to do this crazy thing. Technology doesn't quite exist yet. But it's looks like it's gonna, like, how do you even start to have those conversations?
1: Uh, wow as a former baseball player and my dad is a GM like that's a great question how, how do we nice. stumble into executing on technology uh, you know you the problem set kind of uh, was established really quickly by working with a group of really advanced technologists and then we were able to identify how we would build out our own team uh, the biggest part about, I think, why we're in a position today to be a leader in VR sports training and have especially established our footprint in baseball is that we had access to the best players in the world right off the bat. So we had, uh, you know, players in their MVP season using our product every day and giving us feedback. And so we were like tailoring this to like, we're not trying to replace batting practice. We're not trying to like supplement how you train, but we know if you could see the opposing pitcher, if you could see more live reps it's going to help you so how should we how do you want to use this we were really really hands-on in the first couple years with uh our customers um you know we saw uh one of our first collegiate customers uh texas christian university tcu uh average more than 3.29 additional runs per game when they used our product before whoa Uh, like wild wild stuff it's just like like in your face, like anecdotal, like yes, players say it's working, but then like these numbers do back it up in a way that we were had no way thought were possible, and then now, like you the trickle down effect is like we we had a family call us uh, about a week ago, uh thanking us because their son went from. Uh, non-prospect that no one would seen or talked about to getting a college scholarship. And That's it's awesome. like making that family's dreams come true. And we were a part of that journey. Uh, and not to say our product was like the thing that got him over the hump, but it's also, we talk a lot about confidence. We talk a lot about what it takes to be great. It's more of like holistically, if you're going to optimize and, reach your peak performance like these are the attributes the prac, like the disciplines that you need to have and you look at this amateur market and like it, it's natural to me because we had performance science teams and professional baseball we had access to the best uh talent in the world when it came to performance optimization but uh amateur players like really don't And those conversations the sooner they can start the sooner as a parent you can teach through like this modality that will apply to like a lot of life principles is just like well worth the investment well beyond what uh win reality will even do for you on the field.
0: That is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, it's, it's cool that you're working with major league baseball players, but also helping kids get scholarships to college. So their parents don't have to pay the exorbitant amount of money, right? Like <laughs> that helps way more long-term uh, in a lot of different situations. So I think that's extremely, extremely important. What, um, with the the evolution of the product, right? So you guys started as the idea and everything started to come together in twenty seventeen. as you said twenty nineteen, if I'm not mistaken, was when it first got implemented, right? And then over the last couple of years, you've now had the opportunity. It's gotten in the hands of you know amateur players. How has the product, right? You can't just sit on your hands and say, hey, we did it, guys. <laughs> this is cool. How have you improved and how has the product evolved over time with, again, the technology, the software, everything becoming newer, fresher, cleaner? What have you guys been able to do to just improve upon what has already seemed to be pretty successful?
1: Yeah, we're in the earliest stages of this product. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Like the fundamentals that we focus on for the first couple of years were it just making the pitcher ball flight, that interaction feel right. For you to say, like, wow, that that looks like Kershaw. This this is the same pacing. This is what it feels like to step in the box and compete against a pitcher. It took a lot of time, took a lot of like intellectual property, product domain expertise to get that right and a heavy impact from a lot of our customers and partners. But uh, since then, now it's like wrapping it with all the things that make this a effective training product. I want to know what to do. I want to be personalized with like what training track and training program you're on uh a player development plan for you the amateur player specifically and not broad uh we've really improved with uh not our our drill work fundamentally like the core of it's been the same but like what we've now done transitioning from uh like segmenting the ball flight and pitch with drills so for instance a lot of times hitters are light so we have a set of drills that helps you be on time more, and then you can piece it together and test it with a swing. So you can grab your bat. Uh, we've got a little like uh, attachment accessory that attaches to the bat, and then you're, you're taking full cuts with a virtual reality headset on. And so it's like all the attributes that are important uh, in the stat cast metrics that you would see on TV, uh, you're seeing that in VR. And those metrics really haven't been accessible to amateur players. So we're teaching what the best are doing in in a way that is like incredibly innovative and fun and visceral and just keeps you captivated. It's a wow experience.
0: That's sweet. So I'd be able to see the launch angle, right? You'd be able to see the velocity off the bat. You can go up against Giancarlo Stan, see if you can uh, get up to that, what, 110, 115 range. That's always fun. Like, I think it's just, it's so cool. And the opportunity, again, that, as you said, like, again, my mom used to work at a batting cage and used to go take lessons. And those guys were incredible at what they did, but it was expensive, man. Like you had two kids that went there on a weekly basis. Like you're spending yeah. hundreds of dollars on something like that. Not to say that that's not going to help, as you said. This isn't this isn't replacing many of much of that, but you now have the opportunity to sit in your home, sit in your yard, your garage, wherever you need to be, and be able to take full cuts against real life pitching, essentially. In VR, which again that is going to reduce significantly the cost of some of those things, uh, is there like a PSA, like hey, like make sure you check your surroundings, stuff like that, that goes on? Because I'm sure there's some fun stories uh, that, that you guys have on that side.
1: Oh yeah, we've invested heavily in like the safety aspect, more or less. Yeah. But uh, to date, knock on one, no issues. It's you know, our, we spend a lot of time onboarding our customers, teaching them how to use the application, and then part of that is you know you're you're swinging hard, so like make sure your you know doors are closed pets aren't around and uh no all good today of
0: course of course just just uh just a fun little humor there i guess with um with that i think it's really interesting again now that you guys have made it to the amateur level that anybody you know i can go out and essentially buy this what was it like what was that first sale like though what was that first time you're talking to a major league baseball team maybe it's the rockies maybe it's not you're talking to that major league baseball team and you're saying like we You know, as you said, anecdotally, this sounds great, but we believe if all of your players use this, this will increase their ability over time. This will increase how what what was it like to kind of get that first like, yes, like because that first one's always the hardest. Right. And then once you go from there, you're like, all right, now we can get data. Now we can get all this. How was that? What was that like if you can tell how much of her you can tell from that story?
1: Oh, so you look back at those early conversations and, you know, I'm sitting there across from these uh, high level executives, GMs and saying like, Hey, I, I think we can do this. Like, what? would you be interested if we could
0: try it And they're out. like, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, that could happen.
1: <laughs> it was like, it, fundamentally, if you could see a pitcher and you could face a pitcher before the game uh, and this was right around the time in which there was all this data emerging about uh, the third time through the batting order mm-hmm. uh, and starting pitchers just perf- like their performance declining incredibly fast the third time a, p- a hitter sees them well and if you train a vr prior to the first time you face that pitcher is effectively more not your third at bat but probably your eighth or tenth and so like naturally this is just the the type of conversations that were already happening in baseball and continue to but uh like you know there uh, the biggest like the hardest part about the sale was like selling something that like hadn't been built, hadn't been executed on and just being like, I I think it's going to (laughs) work. Um, our first customer, we actually put an intern next to the system that we could have on speed dial. Uh, actually now that intern is like an assistant GM, so I'm not going to call him out, but he has flown up. He's awesome. And, but those, I was initially talking to him, um, I mean, it would be like the seventh inning and just everything would stop working. <laughs> and that you like, you talk about like running to your phone, running to your computer and, you know, calling up developers like all over the country, like, you got to fix this. It's just wild, those early days. And, a, and a, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, when you think technology, it's like, do you wait till it's perfect before you roll it out? Do you like, or, you know, in our case, we just kind of took a really raw MVP uh, and put it in, you know, these athletes hands and just try to adapt as quick as we could. So, uh, the sales, wasn't what scared me. It was actually delivering the product and what would come thereafter. And, uh, we actually, one of our, the first teams that we worked with ended up going to the world series that year. So are you allowed um, to
0: tell us which team or is that like confidential stuff? I'm
1: assuming, uh, <laughs> you could probably read about it, but That's I, true. I've been I guess slapped I on the wrist. Red little, little backtracking.
0: Chips. Yeah, it really can't be that yeah. hard. All right, cool. Well, congrats to that team. And uh you say in intern- I always feel like baseball is like Ripe with those stories, right? Interns that end up being GMs. I feel like, hey, just get that internship with the the, the Tampa Bay Rays. You're gonna go somewhere at some point, so it's always cool. So shout out to your buddy, uh, a you know former colleague. I think that is absolutely fantastic. So as you said, you had that first sale It was super hard, super difficult. Now you're at over 20 MLB teams, over 100 college programs, and as you said, you've already done the individual training. Where where do we go from here? I mean, there's 32 MLB teams, right? 30 MLB teams. 30. I always mix up football and baseball. So there's 30 MLB teams. So there's a couple left. You have some minor league programs, but I'm assuming it's already trickled down. Like, where? How do you continue to improve on a? Obviously, your core product. And then, what are other mm-hmm. things that you guys are thinking of that will again supplement or or help and continue to grow the business and the company?
1: There's you can dive so deep into the world of hitting. Learning to like think like a hitter takes so long, uh, and even for like the most talented professional players, uh, how many times have you come up with a runner on third, infield in, and in a tie game with a, a left-handed pitcher who throws ninety-seven in sinkers? <laughs> You're doing like, the Bob
0: Uecker like he's the best at night in the middle of the dark, like that whole thing. <laughs> it's so true. That's why I love baseball. There's stats for all of it.
1: And so, like, given like the nuances and what it's like to even like coach yourself through those like really uh, critical game situations, uh, we are just scratching the surface on helping hitters uh, take all the fear out of what it's like to step in the box to compete and just be free. And and that for me is uh, something in which uh, there's ways like right on the horizon like one of the things that meta facebook has done really well recently too is uh their uh, multiplayer uh, systems uh for vr have taken a huge step there's low latency it's like you can talk to someone and really engage with someone and so we want to have a coach as a part of the experience we want to you know take a the best hitting coach in the world and and take out the localization you have access to them if you are uh those are the things that are on the horizon to where if we just stay deep and focused on helping hitters uh and then broadening it to helping baseball and softball players uh, on a higher level there's an opportunity to provide exponentially more impact than even what we're doing now so i as much as like you could ex- get excited about like other sports uh, or even like, you know, the question comes up a lot, like what can we do for pitchers? <laughs> will I will give
0: you my next question.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're, I don't think we're going to be uh, friends with pitchers anytime soon. So like it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> plus
0: it... you have to actually throw the ball. The whole point is trying to save your arm, right? So it, it kind of makes sense a little bit, but I think it's incredible what you guys have been able to build in, in such a short period of time, again, with your career, I'm sure the relationships you've made, the relationships your father has made, has made this um I wanna say easier, but more capable, more opportunity, right? It's always good to know people. It's never hurt. It's never hurt to know somebody. So I think that part of it's obviously fantastic. And the, the last thing I want to ask you about, um, I'm a very positive person, unless it's talking about the Mets and recently the New York Giants. But I think COVID obviously sucked. <laughs> I think it's, Going out on a limb saying that, right? But the opportunities that come with it are immense. I know I think the most businesses ever um, incorporated last year was it, it was like it just the, the number was staggering. The people, unfortunately, lose their jobs, but then come up with new ideas and start to do new things. Sports obviously took a very big hit from that. I know many little leagues were canceled. I know many, you know, youth leagues, high school, college, even a lot of that stuff got canceled. and It was very unfortunate. But let's turn it into a positive that was probably great for you guys, right? The opportunity to say, hey, like we can, you don't have to go to a batting cage. You could do this in your backyard. This is literally you all by yourself. What's the best thing that you could possibly do during this unfortunate time in the world? How how did you guys, for lack of a better term, take advantage of that and really just trying to get this in as many people's hands and give them this opportunity and under give them the understanding of, hey, like this doesn't mean you have to stop practicing. This is actually one of the best things that could have happened because now all you can do is practice.
1: You know, you look at, uh, Kind of the like this digital age, like the way in which kids spend their time and the number of distractions and opportunities for how they spend their time, like they could be pulled anywhere at any time. Uh, and that gives in a situation where you like don't have a structured sports team that you're on uh it could make like baseball like a far smaller part of their lives and like i think our mission here is like there's going to be a next generation of athletes the next generation of baseball and softball players uh that will eventually be fans of major league baseball and then teach their kids about it and that wave that's coming like uh we are an opportunity to pull them in with something that's fun there's a lot of like attributes about when reality they're like a video game you're scored you're uh there's leaderboards like there's different metal systems like all that and Is there a home run derby yet oh I, actually i don't think i've ever hit a home run in our application
0: <laughs> stop going up against the ground man uh, what are you doing
1: um double sitter. so Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> uh but more or less like this was an opportunity to like reinstill hope and interest in like this amateur market. And frankly, we weren't ready to deliver a product to them. We pushed it because there was demand. We had parents calling us and saying, like, hey, I just, you know, my son loves baseball and I just want to keep him interested. Can you guys do something? And so, like, as that demand started, we reacted. And, you know, hopefully this is uh, you know, n- not just for the you know, thousands of people that we work with now, but for the, as that pot grows, uh, begins to create a community around why baseball's fun, why this should continue to be a part of, you know, different, the family dynamics and uh, a lot of um, the life skills that like need to be developed with kids at a young age, like we're the platform that can help accelerate that.
0: That is awesome, man. I think it's fantastic. Again, I've said that a million times so far in the last 43 minutes, uh, but I truly mean it. I think it's, it is, Awesome that the technology has gotten this far, and that you guys are taking advantage. Everyone talks about how bad technology is all the time. It's obviously very, very good. There's some negatives that come with it, but I think you guys are really doing uh, some of some of the uh, significant positive, especially for a sport that I love so much, that you love so much, that your family loves so much in baseball, and helping just people from you know, as you said, MVPs all the way down to. Little leaguers uh, get better at the sport that they love so much that, as you have learned, can teach you a lot in life. So, Chris, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Chris O'Dowd, former pro baseball player, founder, CEO of Win Reality. Chris, where can uh, where can we find more information about the product? How do I get it? Can you send me one? I just want to face one of those Clayton Kershaw curveballs. What do we need to do? Can we follow you online? Give me all the information. This is your your time to spit it all out, and I'll uh, I'll put everything in the show notes for everyone just in case too.
1: WinReality.com. We've got a few different options. We want serious baseball and softball players. So going that annual route will give you the best experience with us. Uh, It's a subscription. You buy an Oculus Quest 2, Oculus Quest 2 headset uh, anywhere online.
0: Quest <laughs> uh, It
1: was more affordable, Quest too. So you you want that oh, anyways.
0: That's awesome. Um,
1: and you can buy that online. You know, call any of the major vendors, and then once you have that, we've got accessories like a bat attachment, a hitting bundle. Uh, and once you have those tools ready to go, then um, you're set. You'll hear from one of our coaches, uh, and we'll help put you on a, a training path and program that is optimized for you and and what uh, what can help take your game to the next level.
0: So I I told you I was gonna let you go, but actually now I have another question. So I, I apologize for that. But with with that, because you said that first time that you implemented the system at the Major League Baseball stadium or at the at the team facility wherever it was, you had that intern stand there so that if anything went wrong, did you find that having that kind of extra added? Like, hey, you're not just downloading an application and figuring it out. You have a coach. You have somebody there that's going to help you if you have questions. How much have you seen that improve? Or did you always have something like that? Or is that something you implemented after you realized, hey, not not everyone's grasping what needs to be done here?
1: You know, part of it is not so much that you can't learn how to find value in the application without a coach. It's that part of development isn't just the hard skills. It's not just recognizing pitches sooner, faster reaction times. It's personal development. It's knowing that there's someone out there who cares about you, who's thinking about you, uh, and will hold you accountable. So uh, when we think about like m- a membership, it's not just delivering uh, improvement and skills. It's also starting to lay a foundation for how uh, you think about training and how you think about how to improve and creating those like patterns, behaviors, routines, disciplines that uh make us a bigger part of their lives than just a piece of technology.
0: That is fantastic. I love it, man. And where can we follow you on social media?
1: Uh, our Instagram and TikTok. You'll see you'll see some random I will not be following you
0: I'm... on TikTok. Let me just tell you that right now. <laughs> I try not to do that.
1: No, no. Yeah, we're our, our Twitter is uh not as um it's not as hot as some of those other platforms. And uh yeah, so Instagram's the way to go. Winter reality is a handle. Uh and yeah, we, we have content uh, every day with some of our current customers, influencers. Uh you name it. So a lot of a lot of ways to see how wind is used on those social media platforms.
0: I love it, man. So again, I'll have everything in the show notes for everybody. But Chris, this has been absolutely fantastic. Sincerely appreciate your time today, man. All
1: right. Thanks, Michael. <laughs>